we have a lot missing today. A lot of people out of town. Uh, but we pray that they enjoy themselves. Uh, Patty and John, they're still celebrating their wedding anniversary. Um, so everything seems to be going pretty good. Um, we're going to say a prayer. We're going to ask God to help us this morning. We always need his help. So uh, just join us in prayer. Lord God of heaven, we thank you for all that you've done, Lord. We appreciate you. We know that you spoke a word to us one day, and we believed it. And you always speak to us, Lord God. According to the word, you're constantly trying to communicate with us. But it's a matter of us tuning our ear into you and listening to what you have to say. So we believe in your word. We believe in hope. We believe in love. We believe in the believer the believer in us that will believe you for all things. There was a man that had a son that was very vexed with the devil. But the first thing that, John, that Jesus asked him was, he said, dost thou believe I can do this? And he said, Lord, I believe. Wow, it's such a powerful thing for us to believe. So help us to believe, Lord God of heaven. Help us to believe you in every way. Help us to serve you with the whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we'll be careful to give you the glory for it. You deserve it all, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. There's a, a scripture I wanted to read to you. Very powerful scripture that uh, you probably read over this, I don't know how many times. But it's going to be Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 7. And listen to this. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Do you realize you were redeemed by the blood of Christ? Him shedding his blood is what redeemed us back to God. So it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Not only were we redeemed back, whatever the the problem was between us and God was eradicated. And God forgave us of our sins. All of that was brought forth through the shedding of the blood of Christ. And says, uh, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So it was a work of God that did this. Grace is God's work. It's him working in our lives. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So he's abounded to us in all wisdom and understanding. Uh, a willingness to get the understanding of God. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. So here's the mystery coming up. Here's the mystery coming up. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now listen to this. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So he's going to bring it to a one, isn't he? He's going to reconcile everything. He's redeemed everything. Now his perfect will is coming forth. And heaven and earth will be one. That's a powerful thing. He's going to do it through his son. Wow. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So we have an inheritance. You know, there's a scripture that says we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. So we have an inheritance. Once we believe Christ, once we accept the redemption and the blood that he shed for us, we become joint heirs with him. What Christ gets, we get. Isn't that powerful? We are joint heirs with Christ. And what does Christ get? (laughs) 
all power in heaven and earth, power over all things, complete obedience to the Father, all commandments being fulfilled. We get the same thing. We get to be in a sin. We get to be a son of God. We get to be what God sends forth to redeem the world. It's very powerful. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him. Isn't this still his will? Purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Wow. So we should be the praise to his glory. Uh, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. What did the song say? I heard the word one day. I heard the word one day, and this is what he had to say. He told us truth. He gave us mysteries, didn't he? Very powerful. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. What's being preached to you now? The gospel. We have to believe the preached word of God in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You become a believer, you believe all things in God, you're going to be sealed by the Holy Ghost. By that promise, you're going to be sealed by it. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. You know when you buy a house, you got to put some earnest money down. Buy a car, sometimes you have to put a down payment, whatever you have to do. This is the earnest in the spiritual. This is the earnest of the spiritual through the Holy Ghost which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So unto the redemption of the what? Purchased possession. Who is that? You are the purchased possession. He purchased you with his blood. You've been bought with a price and you are not your own. We are the purchased possession and we're precious in God's sight. He purchased us through the blood of Christ. Through the shedding of that blood. Did he love us a lot? He must have because he sent his son to die for the world. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So this purchased possession should always be grateful for what God has done for us. Always should love God for what he did for us. It's a very powerful thing. I think about it. Uh, what is that scripture says? Um, I think it's the one Ernest read the other night. Um, see if I can get this. Now listen to this. This is God speaking. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of what? Peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. So where are you searching? Aren't you searching inwardly? You got to search your heart. Doesn't God speak out of your heart? Doesn't he work out of your heart, out of the inward man? This is how God speaks. Is the heaven in you? You see how this works? Is your world in you? All of that's in you. So this is what God is trying to tell us. He's going to always be present to help us, ever present to help us. So he has an expected end for us. Is that prophecy? Do you think God knows what's going to be the end of us? How this is going to end? How our walk with him is going to end? Did he know it from the beginning? Did he know it from the origin of us being what we are? Weren't we part of the spirit of God? Were we not a word of God? From the beginning, did he know what that word was going to accomplish and how it was going to end? 
That's what you have to think about. That's why we have to go back to the beginning to find out even how we fell. Because God knows our heart. He knows the things that drew us. He knew the things that caused us to be defrauded from what we should have gotten. But he made a plan, didn't he? As soon as we fell, actually before that, didn't he already sacrifice Christ in the plan of God? Wasn't he slain from the foundation of the world? God knew all things. And because of that predestination and his prophecy, he made a way for us. Even before we fell, he knew what was going to happen. And he made a way for us to come back home. I love that. I love it. Um, Gary speaks often about uh, sitting at the table. He did it this morning again, didn't he? About sitting at the table. I, I saw something. Uh, you know, that, that's a very famous uh, psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But he goes through some things there. And what I saw was this. Uh, there was a table, all right, but that table is, is actually the heart of Jesus because he prepares the table. Thou preparest a table. It's a prepared heart in Christ. But what's in there, there's darkness on the other side. I think Gary said he saw a bunch of eyes one time. That's not what I saw when I saw it. What I saw was darkness and all of these spirits that are trying to get to us and trying to destroy us were all in that darkness. Now, because Jesus is there, there was a light I can see. What, what is it? It's 1 Corinthians 4 or 5. Judge nothing before the time. He's going to do what with that light? The hidden things of darkness he's going to make manifest isn't he, when he shines that light on it. And that's what was happening. I could see the darkness, and I could see all of those beings, the hatred, the anger, the, the pride, all of those things, uh, the man of sin, everything that's trying to knock us off the path, uh, the the strange woman, everything that's in that, the devil, Satan, everything you want to say, it was in that darkness. Pride was in that darkness. A whole lot of pride. Lust was in that darkness. And all of them were just moving around in there because they, they, they were used to the darkness. But this light that God showed, I could see them in the darkness. Even though it was dark, I could see through the darkness and see them. And they could see me. And we're sitting there, and the table is there. All of a sudden, uh, we're all gathered at the table. And God's arms, I could see Jesus behind his arms stretched. And they stretched, and they stretched. And what they did, they gathered all of us to that table. His arms went all the way around and gathered us to that table. And as we sat down, I sat down on what looked like it was a wooden chair. And then I looked at it again, it turned into a throne. Each one of those chairs turned into a throne as he was gathering us together. And we were looking at it like that. And then the raiment that we had on, all of a sudden we had robes of white were there. And we're sitting at this table. And now those things are trying to recoil back into that darkness. They're moving, they're agitated, but they're recoiling back. And the darkness starts to disappear because of the light of Christ. But as it's disappearing, it doesn't disappear all at once. As it's disappearing, it's slowly fading away. And they keep scrambling to try to stay in the darkness, but the darkness is leaving where they can really be seen. And then that's not the end of it. What does it say in 2 Thessalonians about that light, that bright light of Christ? Will it destroy that man of sin by the brightness of his coming? And the more that light shone, the more they were scrambling to try to catch on even to a little piece of darkness so they could still stay hidden. 
But then that light started, it took all the darkness away, and then all of a sudden it started destroying them. They started being destroyed. They were in great fear. They were crying out in torment, and it started destroying them. But it was very funny how that was done. We were sitting there facing that, and those things that had been in us, we now commanded them. There was nothing that they could do against us. And it was very powerful. And they started disappearing. But as they disappeared, we got stronger. We got stronger because those things were converted. They were regenerated. And it brought even more experience and knowledge of Christ to us. So we grew as we sat there. It was a very powerful thing that I saw. And it was an amazing thing. And what happened was is that we realized we had power over all unclean spirits, over everything that drew, our, drew us off, over everything that caused us to fall. We knew we had that power. And we went forth as sons of God, sons and daughters of God. It was very powerful. They were brought to that table by God on purpose so that they could be exposed. And so when we, they were brought, we were afraid of them still because they were still in us. But then as God did those other things, shining the light. And then I saw when they tried to scramble to find little bits of darkness to go back in because it was disappearing fast, it didn't do them any good. And then by the time the darkness was gone, they started being destroyed. But not destroyed in the way you would think, not just poof and gone. It was that they re were regenerated. All those things that they did before, the energy they used to do that, now was converted. What did Gary say? All became the kingdoms of our Christ. Now those kingdoms belong to Jesus. So now they strengthened us. They regenerated us. All of those things were regenerated to make us stronger. The power of God was manifested, man. And I saw it. It was a very powerful thing. But the fear that was in them, that did me some good. Just seeing it. Just seeing the fear and how they recoiled from the light of God. It was a very good thing. Very good thing. Just to know that God says he's going to perform these works. But just to see that, just to see it happen, to have the experience of it, showed me that the power of God in us is greater than any other power that comes against us. What does it say? Uh, he's more than the world against us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Isn't that true? So that greater thing, and since he's in us, that's why those things reacted the way they did. That was so powerful. And seeing that, and I said, oh, my God, this is the ultimate. Jesus is the beginning and the end. He's the one that gathered us there and said, hey, Lord, why would you want us to sit at a table with enemies? And here's the other thing. I, I, I remember it talks about... Uh, Thou anointest my head with oil. Guess how he did it in what I saw. He put his hand on each head. And from his hands, oil came down and covered all of us. That's when those robes appeared, those white robes. His hands were the thing. And guess what the vessel in my cup went over? Guess who the vessel was? It was us. We were the vessel. And our cups ran over. And his hands, every time he touched a head, oil would come out and would just flow over the whole body and it would change us and that's when we got into those white robes it was so powerful seeing that so oil all the oil came from him the oil of wisdom the oil of anointing all of that came from him and as we sat there he changed us 
All of those things changed in us, and it was such a powerful thing. So we could face those enemies and not think twice about it. When we first gathered us there, we were wondering, Lord, why are you bringing us here before these horrible things? His arms outstretched, forcing us to the table. But then we realized it was for salvation. It's for an overcoming. See, we try to run all the time. You know, if something happens, if it's horrible, if it's bad, we try to either hide it, we try to run, whatever. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to face these things. That's why the enemies are at the table, so that you can see them for what they are. This is a very powerful thing. So just seeing that just brought such joy to me, knowing that the ultimate, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, he is going to do that. So we have troubles in this world. He, uh, I heard Dan talking about sometimes we have trouble in this life. We have things we have to go through. There's tribulation that happens where don't lose hope because our ultimate goal, just like it says about being at that table, is to overcome everything that comes against us. We shouldn't walk in fear anymore. So we get a diagnosis. It's bad. So what? Uh, we, we get bad news about the job. We get bad news about the economy. We get bad news. That's all in a physical realm, is it not? But what we need to do is know that our hope is going to always be in something different than that. It's going to be the inward man hoping in the Christ that's performing all works, that the grace of God is going to manifest itself and that we have power over all things. Does that mean we don't have to go through it? Yes, we'll go through it. We'll experience it. But in the experience is the chance to overcome, overcome the fear of that thing, overcome the pride that may be involved in it, overcome the anger, the impatience, all of that, the lust. That's our opportunity to overcome. And then we will see them try to hide in the darkness, but the light will be on them. That's why it says judge nothing before the time. Well, we're a work in progress, aren't we? We may have those things working with us. We may be distracted. We may have all kinds of things. We may even be possessed. What about the man that was possessed in the land of the Gadarenes? Did that bother Jesus at all? Not at all. We think about possession. We say, oh, there's no hope. There's nothing. How can we get help? Well, Jesus showed us he can do it. He can do it. And when he came to him, he started talking to those devils that were in him. Remember, Matthew 10 says this. I give you power over all unclean spirits. Who was he speaking to? His disciples, huh? Are we disciples? Are we sons of God? So can he speak a word like that to us too? Power over all unclean spirits. But through what? Through loving him, believing in him. You be a believer. And greater things are going to happen to you as you move along. You believe God. Just like that man that had his son I was telling you about in the prayer. And I think about, they said, why couldn't your disciples cast him out? This kind cometh by fasting and prayer. We need to fast from the flesh, the thoughts of the flesh. The more we fast from the thoughts of the flesh, the more we're in a place of prayer and communication with God. That's why I put them together, fasting and prayer. If we're fasting from the flesh and from the thoughts of the flesh, that's our opportunity to do what? Let's talk to God. Let's communicate with God. Without distraction, believing God, having love toward God, having strength in God, and we communicate with him. We pray to him. Just like we're having a conversation here, we pray God will answer us in the conversation. Some of you say, oh, God won't do that. I've never heard God talk to me. We haven't tried enough yet. You keep on. You love God. You be the believer, and he will speak to you, and you'll know it's him. This is the thing that's going to happen. So I appreciate everything God did. We belong to him. 
Like I said, we've been bought with a price. If we belong to God, what do you think God's going to do for those that belong to him? If they're his, do you think protection will come forth? You think reservation will come forth? He'll reserve you? Do you think preservation will come forth? Will he preserve you in the midst of those things? He did for David when the lion and the bear came there, didn't he? He preserved him. He preserved him in the sight of Goliath. You know, the, one of the things that the children of Israel had a great fear about when God told them that he was going to uh, have them take over that land he took them to, and one of the things they brought up was that what Anakim is there. And God didn't, he didn't say anything about that. He, they said, Anakim is there. And Moses spoke to their fear because he knew what was going on. And he said, it doesn't make any difference. Anakim were giants. Anak, Anakim, they were giants. And he said, it makes no difference. If God be for us, we will overcome Anakim. All of Anak will be overcome. Because they looked at the outward appearance. Isn't that true? They saw a giant there. But what does God look at? He looks on the heart. And if he strengthens your heart, will Anakim be any problem? Do you know that Anakim was there when Caleb, 85 years old, said, give me this mountain? He had to kick all of them out of there so he can get his land. 85 years old and still fighting, man, and believe in God. Wow. That's I, I like to pattern myself. That's what I want to be like, like Caleb, like a Caleb. It doesn't make any difference what the age is or what the obstacle is. You're going to fight. And your, the power in you of Christ is so great that you will overcome Anakim, giants, monsters. You'll overcome them all. So there are such things. Are such things as dragons and monsters, but they're in what? In those dark waters. They're within here, huh? And we got to overcome them. We can't be fearful of them. We got to believe that God is going to be with us in the fight. The song said, every battle he would fight. Didn't it say that? And we're going to make it through the night. What is that scripture talks about? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the the morning, that's exactly right. You may have some stuff going on in you. There may be some distractions. There may be some fears, some depression, some things that are happening bad, lust having this way, whatever it is. Condemnation, all of these things, blood guiltiness, all those things happening. And guess what? God's going to, when you wake in the morning, God's already taken care of all of them. Those things hide in the night. They hide in the darkness, don't they? But God says, I will bring light to it. So weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. What is the joy? Isn't it the strength, the wisdom of God? God will show you how he's going to overcome those things. He'll give you the wisdom of how to overcome them. That is a powerful thing. So I just thought about some things about how we belong to God. If we belong to God, nothing else can separate us from him. He's with us always. He said, I was with you, now I shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I'll be with you. And he never does. He said, well, why do we feel the way we do it? We're not putting our thoughts and our hope in God. We just yield to whatever's happening to us. We got to stop that. We got to get to the point where we start calling on Jesus, even in the midst of those problems. Not that he's far away from us, but we, our belief has to be in him. So as we face those things, they can be overcome. As you face them, they can be overcome. This is what God wants us to do. 
So call on Jesus. Didn't David call on him? He said, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my cry. I know in the 18th Psalms, it talks about how his enemies were stronger than him. But he said, but Lord, thou will deliver me from it all. He realized in some cases the enemy was stronger than him. But he realized that enemy is not stronger than God. God is the father of all spirits. So any spirit that thinks it has more strength than him is sadly mistaken because he's the father of it all. And he can overcome all of it. And he can show you the experience, show you what it actually is, show you the origin of it, and have you overcome it. And once you understand something, isn't it easier to overcome it? You understand it, it's easy to overcome. When you don't understand is when you have fear. When you don't have the wisdom, that's when you say, oh, I don't know, I don't know, how am I going to do this? How, how, how? Well, what if God gives you the wisdom and understanding? Now we got something. This is how this thing works. This is the origin of it. And God will take you right to that and say, this is how you're going to overcome it. I'll be with you. One of my, one of my favorite scriptures in the world you shall have, tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So are we supposed to be overcomers? We're overcomers because we love God. We're overcomers because we're believers. We're overcomers because we have hope. We never give up hope. It says hope that is seen is not hope. You ever stop to think about that? It's pretty common sense, huh? If you see the thing, what do you need to hope for it for? It's those things that are unseen. Hope that is seen is not really hope. But hope that is unseen, you believe beyond what you can see? Ah. You don't even understand sometimes how that works, but God will do that. You're hoping for something you can't even see yet, but God will bring it to you. He'll bring the image to you. He'll show you that you are able to see these things and that you have hope in him. That's the only way you're going to ever see him. That's the only way you're going to ever overcome him, but hope is what we need. So we, we need, what does it say at the end of that charity thing? Uh, faith, hope, and charity. These things, three things, yeah. Don't, aren't they all linked together? Hope, faith, and charity. I'm going to tell you this again. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The more faith you get, the more righteousness is imputed unto you. That's a powerful statement. The more you believe, the more you walk in God, the more faith is released. The more righteousness is released. It's imputed unto you for his sake because of the faith. That's powerful. So I believe that, that the things we need to remember, the song said he gave me a word one day. And this is what he had to say. He gave you some word. He's giving you word this morning. And he's saying what he wants you to believe in. And when he gives you that word and you believe, guess what happens? You start overcoming things. You become an overcomer. Believers are overcomers because they believe God. You can't be an overcomer unless you believe. Unless you love God and believe, believers are overcomers because they believe all things in God. And they believe God, through his grace, is able to perform all of those works. The experience that you have with God in that will strengthen you and you will overcome even more and more and more. So don't think it's impossible for your world to be overcome. The things that are in the flesh, it can be overcome. And God can make a new world. You can enter into his kingdom. That's what he wants. You'll leave yours. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You'll leave yours and you'll enter into his. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Wow. A man is likened to the 
Kingdom of heaven, isn't he? So where's that at? Is it in you? Yes. Is Christ in you? He's going to show you all of this, guys. He's going to work everything out after the counsel of his own will. And we're part of the will of God. We are part of that will. What he speaks, we believe, and it starts to happen. The grace is manifested so that God can perform his work. We've got to walk in faith, though, don't we? We've got to believe God. That's all I had this morning. I hope it's something that's encouraging, whatever. But does anyone have a question for me or a comment or anything about, about we belong to God, us belonging to him? We're the purchased possession, you guys. He purchased us. We're the purchased possession. That's who we are. We've been purchased by God. So let's act like it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That redemption works, doesn't it? He redeemed us by his blood.